We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Werfelman here. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in on this beautiful Friday. Um, I'm actually just sitting up in my room. Super nice out. Finally, uh, winter is kind of getting here. Uh, it's At least it's in the 60s where I live. Um, I'm sure for you who it's already snowing, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's just a really nice day out today. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in once again. There's, I don't really have anything to cover um, as we open up this episode. I hope you guys have all been well. Um, I hope that you guys are continuing to just push forward into God, even in these uncertain times, even in these confusing times, um, that we would just cling to God as as our rock. Um, today, I'm alone again, as you can probably see from the title, um, doing another teaching video um, looking to have some more guests on very soon. Just uh, coordinating that stuff can be a lot, and we're just trying to figure out, you know, who should come on and what what uh, topics we should cover and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. I'm super excited for some of the people that are going to be coming on, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy them and get something out of it um, as well. Uh, I've been able to have a lot of good discussions with some of you guys lately, and I've really enjoyed that. So please, if you have questions or you just want to talk about Jesus, please hit my line or or you know, email uh, hello at jesusisoffensive.com. Um, I, I love those conversations and I appreciate that. And I love hearing how the podcast is moving and how, and how God is working through it. Um, with that being said, the last thing is, if you haven't already checked out our website, jesusisoffensive.com, um, we post um, all the podcasts on there and also the prophetic words, um, the ministry that Emma, my sister, has been doing. So check that out. You can also subscribe to get an email notification whenever a word goes out, and we'll also attach the podcast to that and any other updates we need you guys to know. So yeah, uh, check that out. If you haven't subscribed, please do. God is speaking mightily in this time. And I saw a comment on Instagram on one of our posts that said, you know, oh, another person you know, claiming to hear the voice of God. And, and obviously you who are listening to this podcast know that know Emma's story and and what our beliefs are and stuff. But I just want to make clear that we all can hear from God. You know, uh, no one has a corner on the market. And um, we, yes, we must discern the spirits and test all spirits uh, to make sure that the Holy Spirit is the one truly speaking. But um, yeah, we don't claim to be the only ones who hear from God. It's just that uh, Emma has been blessed with this gift and uh, she wants to steward it in a way that impacts the body of Christ and it doesn't just hold onto it for herself and for her, you know, um, her own pride. And with that, um, I guess that kind of rolls us right into today's topic. Uh, God really put on my heart to talk about um, walking by the spirit. You know, what does that look like? Uh, you hear that tossed around a lot. Hey, walk by the spirit. Are you walking by the spirit? Hey man, we're walking by the spirit, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what does that even mean? That's some Christianese stuff. Um, so today I want to go over that. I want to walk us through that in a very clear way. Um, and yeah, um, I guess without further ado, we should just pray and we'll get started. So dear Lord God, I just thank you so much once again, just for this podcast, Lord, I cannot be grateful enough, God, that how you've used it, Lord, and, and the seeds that you're planting through it, God, I claim none of the victory, the victory is yours, and we declare that in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all your saints who are tuning in right now, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just convict their hearts, Lord, um, and would reveal to them truth, God, as as I've always said, if if they have questions about what I'm saying, God, I pray that they would seek it out in the Bible and they would ask you um, themselves and see what you have to say, God, because the truth will be revealed if we seek it out, Lord, not if we just ask our pastor, not if, um, you know, we just, oh, well, I think it's this way or I think it's this way. No, if we seek it out, the truth will be revealed, God. Um, you say knock and the door will be open, you know, seek and you will find. Um, so I pray that we would all be seeking in these times, Lord, that we would not be taking anyone's word as the final word, Lord God. Bless this podcast, Lord. I pray for clear and concise words, and I pray that you would just be speaking this this whole time. Lord, I thank you, God, once again, and in your name I pray. Amen. Sweet. So walking by the Spirit. Okay, so 
I want to first define terms because I know a few people have said, you know, hey, can you define the terms that you're using? Because sometimes, you know, they're new to, to some people and I totally get that. So my apologies if um, sometimes I don't do that. But um, when we say walking by the flesh, um, the flesh just describes um, anything that will fade away. I forget the word for it, but um, anything that is not eternal, um, right? So the flesh, even in the most logical sense, our bodies, right? Our flesh, uh, the flesh will not live forever. In fact, slowly this flesh will deteriorate. I will get old, et cetera, et cetera. I know there's a lot of science behind that, but the point is the Bible uses the word, the flesh to um, talk about these things that are fleeting and futile and, and mostly the things of this earth, right? So, um, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. The spirit, when I say walking by the spirit, obviously the basic form of that is the Holy Spirit. When, when Christians ask, Oh, walk or, or say, you know, are you walking by the Holy Spirit or whatnot? Um, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, right? The spirit that when we are filled with the spirit, as I've talked about in a lot of my episodes, and if you're not clear on that, check that out before this episode, cause it could be confusing. It's, I think it's entitled, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, but you know, that spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit that lived in Christ now lives in us. And when we walk by it, we are walking by that spirit. Now, what is walking by something means? Okay. Sorry. We're getting real basic, but just to, just to clear the runway here. Um, when we're always walking by something, right? And I don't mean, uh, physically like walking by something like, Oh, I just walked by your house. No, like something is always motivating our walk in life, wherever we're walking, whatever direction that is, something is always dictating our life. So in the way, when you walk by the flesh or walk by the spirit, either the flesh or the spirit are dictating the way you live. Um, and I felt like God made it clear to me because I asked, you know, how do I explain walking by the spirit? And I think he, he said to me, um, explain what it means to walk by the flesh because it makes it very clear um, if we are walking in the spirit or not, and we can discern in our own lives, hey, am I walking by spirit or by flesh? And this is something that we all are working on. I don't claim to be perfect at all. Um, many a times I find myself, uh, you know, tiptoeing in the flesh at times, but then I have to reel it back and continue to walk in the spirit, right? Um, but it's something that is dictating our lives. So our decisions, our loves, our money, our wants, our needs, all that stuff, right? Why do we go to work? Because we need food on the table. So in a way, just to boil that concept down, um, we're always doing something in order to achieve something. So we work to get money. What's the money for? To feed our family, right? Or, hey, I want this. So I go to, to work. Okay. I wanted a car. I worked for the car. Now I can buy the car. Boom. So we're always, something is always dictating our lives. And the Bible makes it very clear and very black and white that it's not like, a million things. It's either you're walking by flesh or you're walking by spirit. Um, and before we go any farther, let's just hop into uh, Galatians 5, 16, 26, where we actually get the term walk by the spirit. So if you guys want to turn there with me or uh, just listen to me, um, read it, then that's totally fine. So I'm going to start, um, yeah, 5, 16. So here we go. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires. of. The, sorry, I, I should clarify. So before I take this out of context or it's not out of context, but before people think, oh, this might be out of context. What's going on is, is if you read the prior part, um, the writer is informing uh, the church about how they don't have an obligation anymore to the Jewish law, right? To be circumcised and all this stuff, right? Legalism. He's saying, you know, don't get into legalism. That's a very boiled down way to explain it, but just to kind of get you caught up to where we are in this letter. He's writing to already born again believers. We have to understand that every time he's writing to a church, he's writing to people who have already been born again, born of water, born of spirit, right? Here we go. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. So do you get what it's saying? The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. So they're opposing sides. They are in opposition, the spirit and the flesh. Um, they cannot act together. The acts of the sinful, sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, 
fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, just to get us caught up, right? He's talking about um, living by the fle- uh, living by the spirit or living by the flesh, right? But the flesh and the sinful nature are are basically the same thing. Is is what he's making clear? You're either walking by the spirit or you're walking by the sinful nature, aka our flesh, right? De- where we are. Um, either desiring things out of our own wants and our own flesh and our own pride, or we're wanting the things of God, right? And what does he say? He, he lists all these things that are obviously sin. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So keep this in mind. This is just a little tidbit side note here, but he's talking to born again believers. We have to take that into account and think, okay, remember, we can't, just like he's saying, even in, in, um, in this chapter, like we can't get involved with works too much. Like, yes, as I've explained, baptism, filling of the Holy Spirit, repentance, belief, all of these things, you must have them. They are essential for salvation. But he's already talking to people who have all those things. And he's saying, listen, if you continue to live in sin, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So basically, if you continue to live by the flesh, walking by the flesh, walking by your own power, walking by what you want, your own decision, your will, not God's will, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, obviously, we can get into a long talk about, well, Taylor, they're not really repentant if they're living in sin. And yes, I agree. But my point is just to say that sin separates us and To make clear with a lot of the other things that I've talked about, yes, we must be baptized. Yes, we must be filled. But we have to continue to walk out our lives by the Spirit. So that's, I think, why God put this one on my heart because you guys know the basics. You know what you need to begin your walk of salvation. But in order to walk all the way to the end, we must walk by the Spirit because by the flesh, we cannot do it. Hopefully that makes sense. So once we are born again and all that stuff, we have to walk by the Spirit. If we continue to walk by the flesh like we did when we were before Christ, then we will not inherit the kingdom of God, as it says. It's very important how we live and how we walk out our lives going on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law, right? He's he's talking about the prior law and all this. He's saying, you know, when you have the Spirit, it's there's nothing against you to do these things. They should just flow. They should just flow when you have the spirit. These are the fruits. You know, if it's an orange tree, there's oranges that come out, or I wouldn't call it an orange tree, right? We've talked about this kind of idea before. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature, right? We've been born again. As I talked about in baptism, we've buried that old life and we've rose again. We have crucified the sinful nature. That's why when we baptize someone, we say die with Christ and rise with Christ because you die with him, your old life, and you rise with him in new creation. Uh, With him, we have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other, right? So, aka, he's saying we need to walk by the Spirit. And the opposite of walking by the Spirit is walking by the flesh. And what is walking by the flesh? To boil it down, to make it so black and white, it is sin, right? Now, obviously, you could say, but I'm a good person, all this stuff. But if you are not walking by God's spirit, walking in his will, instead you're living your life for you. You want to make money for you. You want to have this house for you. You want this and that for you. Then you're walking according to your flesh. And even even if you're trying to walk out for God, but you're walking in your flesh, you're never going to get there because this is another concept we could talk about, but not really going to talk about today. But just um, if you're trying to live out this life, Um, by yourself, you're never going to get there. That's why we need God's spirit. You know, people say, oh, do I need to get baptized? Do I need, you know, to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. For one, who wouldn't want the Holy Spirit? But two, um, you cannot walk this out alone. I see many Christians trying to walk out their faith, trying to not sin and all this stuff. I did it as well. You listen to my testimony. I tried to stay away from my addiction, but I couldn't because we can't do it within our own flesh. We have to walk by the spirit. So I hope you guys are tracking. I know this is a lot of information thrown, but let's just kind of recap what that uh, Bible part was saying. The flesh and the spirit are in opposition, right? They are on opposing sides. He makes that very clear. 
The flesh, what does it do? It reaps the sinful nature and the spirit reaps the will of God, right? So if we're living by the spirit, then we are by proxy or I don't know if that's the right word. I think I've said that twice in two podcasts now, but um, by that we are walking in the will of God and by walking in the flesh, we are walking against the will of God because God's, God's design is that we would all rely on him. So if we're relying on our flesh, even if you're saying, no, but I want what God wants, but you're trying to do what God wants by yourself, instead of saying, Jesus, most literally take the wheel, right? I need you. I trust you. That's the thing. You might not be living in sin. You might be a a great person and you might be born again, but have you learned to walk by spirit and instead of the flesh? Have you learned to walk by faith and not by sight, right? I think a lot of Christians who are still walking by the flesh, um, they're trying to walk by sight. So they're like, God, I trust you. I trust you. But in reality, um, they're lining everything up and they're stressed and, okay, I got to get this in line and this line. But they're like, okay, God, I trust you. But what are you trusting him with? It's not until you fully surrender everything and say, God, I I have to trust you. I, I I can't do this by myself. I've tried and I can't, I failed. That's when we start walking by the spirit. Um, hopefully again, that makes sense. So again, just the flesh says, you know, today, what can I gain? But the spirit says today, what can I do for Christ's gain and for the kingdom, right? Sin is opposite to walking by the spirit, right? Um, I almost try to describe to it sometimes is when you walk by the spirit, it's like, um, walking with a certain pair of glasses on, right? Glasses, they all have a different shade. They all have a different tint, um, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're walking by the spirit, picture it as Jesus's glass. You're looking at everything the way Jesus would would do it or or how he would live. I, I often think of, you know, WWJD. They were these um, bracelets that were like super popular when I was a kid. Um, what would Jesus do? And as silly as it is, it's a great reminder that, when I'm in a certain situation, I have to always think, would Jesus do this? Would Jesus do this? Now, again, if we are living by the flesh and still trying to think, would Jesus do this? Well, even if we come to a clear answer that's like, no, Jesus wouldn't do this. If we're doing everything by the power of our flesh, we will still fall. You know, even if I'm like, oh yeah, pornography is bad. Okay, I can't do this. I will still stumble unless I have the spirit and the strength of the spirit and the power to move past my sin. I know this is, probably very complicated for some, but just think of it as less reliant on yourself and more reliant on God. The more you take yourself out of the equation, the more you just say, God, like let's take money, for instance. God, I have no idea how I'm going to make money, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to continue to work, but I am I am going to trust that you will provide for my needs. Now, that doesn't mean go buy a Ferrari and then say, God, I'm trusting you. I, I think you get my point, but just to make that clear, it's really just a, a bigger reliance on God. And uh, my buddy Albert, shout out, he's probably listening right now. Um, he's actually going to be on the podcast soon, I'm hoping. Um, but um, he, I'm like thinking through now that I say that I'm like, did I tell him that he's going to be on the podcast? But he's going to be on the podcast. So Albert, if you're listening, I'll see you soon, buddy. Uh, but No. So he was just explaining how, you know, and I'll let him talk about it more on when he comes on, but, um, just about how he's been reliant with God and, and how he's given up a lot of things. And then all of a sudden, boom, someone gives him like a very large purchase because he needs this. And he didn't even tell anyone. It's like, okay, here you need this. Okay. Hey, you need this. Okay. Here God starts to show up more when we start to rely on him and we start to walk by his spirit and we just allow him to move. You know, he says in, in the word, I provide for the birds of the air. So why would you be worried about me providing for you? Of course, I will provide for my greatest creation if I provide even for the birds. Little tangent there, but just to say that the more we rely on God, that is walking by the spirit. It's not by our understanding. It's not by our might. It's by God's might. You know, Uh, I didn't have that in my notes today, but I just feel like that should be said because it kind of just popped in my head. Um, let's go over to first John two, three through six, because I want to illustrate how Jesus did this. Uh, it was crazy. You know, I was taking notes for this today and I feel like God just kind of downloaded this to me and I was like, oh, wow, I've never really thought about it this way. And I'm hoping it can be really impactful because I know a lot of the times we're talking about all the letters and sometimes I feel like I gloss over, you know, what did Jesus say? What did, how did he do it? Even though, you know, all the disciples and Jesus, they have the same message, um, it's important to look at Jesus because obviously he holds um, 
a lot of merit because, you know, he was holy. So let's go again to 1 John 2, 3 through 6. It's going to take me a while to get there. All right, 1 John 2, 3 through 6. So again, read along if you can, because I don't want any of you guys to just take my word for it. But um, 2, 3 through 6. Okay, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is the important part right here. No, I mean, that's all super impactful, but this is what I want to get at. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So walking by the spirit is walking how Jesus did because Jesus, he had the same spirit that we now have, right? The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, right? A part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, right? Um, Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. So as Jesus walked, we are also supposed to walk in the spirit, because that is the tool that God gave us so that we could walk out our lives. Without the spirit, we are rendered powerless, um, but with it, we can walk like he did. And he even said, greater things you will do than than I on this earth. We got to take that into consideration. Am I, am I seeing greater things? It's not about pride. You know, am I doing greater things than Jesus? Oh my goodness. But it's more so, hey, am I seeing these kind of things? Am I expectant for these kind of things? And if you're not, and if you're not seeing those kind of things, maybe you're not walking by the spirit, you know, and this is, I'm preaching to myself as well here. Um, but because it says whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I want to look at how he, how he did that. And also just a side note, first John, great book. And like, I, I love how it says, you know, we have come to know him if we obey his commands, because it says, you know, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So you can say you love him and you know him, but if you don't keep your commands, you actually don't love him and you don't know him as stated in scripture. Um, the man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. That's hardcore, but that's that's the truth. So maybe someone need to hear that today, but powerful. Um, really take that to heart because that's serious, you know? So let's go to um, Jesus not giving into the flesh. Um, and then we'll get into how did Jesus walk by the spirit? So let's go to Matthew four, one through four. And I'm sorry, I'm hopping around a lot in scripture today. Um, but I think it's so important because it just reveals so much. Um, so Matthew one, four, one through four, I'm going to be reading really small snippets because you guys know these stories, but the temptation of Jesus. Okay. Then Jesus was led by the spirit. Interesting. We're not going to touch on that today, but that's another interesting point. The spirit led him to be tempted. Anywho, sorry, I just get so into it. Um, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter, Satan, came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, why is this important? Number one, we see that what would... Jesus could have gave, given into the flesh, right? He could have said, um, uh, he could have been like, well, you know, I'm really hungry. I've went 40 days and I want to eat. So yeah, I will turn these stones into bread because Jesus could have done that. But what did he do? He quoted scripture at the devil to fight the devil, to fight the flesh, right? The devil, whenever he tempts you, he's just tempting um, the flesh side of you, right? So um, he knows that I, you know, um, I can get really into, um, let's just say like my car. Okay. Um, he knows I can get really into that. Um, there's a part of my flesh that desires that, but I have to, when I'm walking by the spirit, I don't, but the devil starts tapping on that flesh and is like, Hey, itch, you know, scratch that itch kind of thing. Like you really want to like put this money into your car. You really want to do this. You really want to idolize your car. Do that. Now it's my choice to say no. Or it's my choice to live by the flesh and now start thinking about that all the time, right? Um, so in the same way, Jesus could have said, yeah, I, I do want bread. I'm hungry and turn those stones into bread. That would have been living by the flesh. That would have been um, feeding most literally his fleshly desires because he was hungry. And that's why fasting is so important because it's actually dying to your flesh and learning to walk by the spirit. Because um, when you fast, you're saying no to something that your body tells you it needs. You know, your body will tell you it needs a lot of things. Hey, you really need to go drink 
more more beer. Hey, you really need to go drink, uh, smoke that cigarette. Hey, you really need to go look at pornography. But it's our job as we walk by the Spirit to say, wait, no, I don't. My spirit doesn't need that. And my spirit is the thing that will live eternally. My my flesh is something that will die, right? Sorry, I feel like still this is very deep, but I hope it's making sense. I'm trying to say it in a lot of different ways so you guys can understand what it looks like. Again, what did he do though? He quoted scripture. So number one, how do we walk by the spirit? We need to be in our word. We need to know God's word because what does it say? It says it's a sword, right? It's how we battle the devil, right? He quoted right there, Deuteronomy 8, 3. We need to know the Bible and the Old Testament because Jesus used the Old Testament to push out a de- uh, to the devil. Not just the New Testament. There was no such thing as the New Testament. So we need to read the word. That's number one, how to walk by the spirit. That's number one, how to live as a Christian, but um, I guess those two go hand in hand, I guess, because walking by the Spirit and being a Christian should be the same thing. But unfortunately, we don't see that a lot in today's culture. Okay, let's go um, to Matthew 16, 21 to 23. And I know there's a few accounts of each story in other books, but I just picked Matthew and John because um, just time and I really enjoy those books. Honestly, I enjoy Luke a lot too. And Mark as well. I don't want to leave that guy out, but yeah, just saying you can check out all the different versions of these stories, but uh, I think they all add a a nice little piece of the puzzle. Um, But yeah, so uh, let's see, what was I going to read? P 16, 21 to 23. Okay. So so after Jesus predicts his uh, death and, or no, sorry, he's about to predict his death. So Uh, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, out of my sight, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Now, the things of God are the spirit. The things of man are the flesh, right? Or again, the black and whiteness of this. Maybe some of you have not even heard this story in the Bible, but I actually really like it because it's very interesting how the devil even used Peter to try to tempt Jesus Um, because Jesus was human. So although he did not sin, he had every right to sin. Not right, but I mean, he had the ability to sin because he was human and God. Um, And that's why he says out of my sight, Satan, because he knew he was being tempted right there. And if he would have given in at all and listened to to Peter, he may have been tempted more. So again, Jesus, and we're going to see this same idea again, but Jesus could have said, no, I don't want to be crucified. I don't want to die. And then not died. And guess what? We all wouldn't be where we're at today. He could have not done that. That would have been the flesh saying, don't do that. You know what? That hurts. And I I don't want to get whipped. And oh, that sounds painful. No, I'd much rather just live my life, you know, eating good food on the earth, right? That would have been the flesh, right? But instead, what did he do? He commanded the devil to leave in his authority. And as we who walk in the spirit, we have to learn our authority as well. And I, I should do an episode on this more, but we have the power to command the devil to leave us alone. And we have the power to command demons to leave us alone. We are tempted every day. And I, I, I'll tell you right now, every morning I get up, I bind Satan in the aspects that I know that he tempts me in. And I pray over my life. I put on the armor of God that's talked about in Ephesians. It's a very serious thing. And Jesus shows us that, that we have authority in his name. He gave us authority. And you can read in the gospels where he gave us the authority in his name to cast out demons and to command demonic things that are coming against us to go. That is a key to walking by the spirit. Every day, if you're trying to walk by the spirit, the devil hates that you're going to try to walk by the spirit. So every day you have to get up and command the devil out of your life. You have to bind Satan. What I do is I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind any demonic spirit that is coming against me. I name some uh, certain spirits that I know uh, have been a stumbling block for me in my sinful life um, before, you know, this new life that I've experienced. And then I'll also, you know, I cast anything out that is coming against me. I, and I just keep fighting. I'll even pray in tongues until I know that um, those things are gone and I feel like I have power over them. And then I'll also say, you know, God, I ask that you would just put the full armor of God in me right now. You know, the, um, the sword of the spirit, the bless, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the helmet of salvation, the, the belt of truth, the um, shield of faith, um, the sandals with the readiness to share the gospel, all those things. 
and I found a lot of power in that. And Jesus shows us that we have to do that. You know, he said, um, give us this day, our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. My dad likes to talk about this one a lot that it's a daily prayer to deliver us from the evil one. It's not like you just get born again. Then the devil never messes with you again. So key thing, Jesus, what did he do instead of obeying the flesh? He commanded the devil to leave so that he continued to walk by the spirit. Let me get a little drink of water real quick. So I hope this is making sense. Um, next thing, uh, John 13, 12 through 17. Let's cruise on over there. Whoa, I'm an ax. Too far. John 13. Here we go. So, yeah. So this is right after Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, as you guys know the story again. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on the he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Right, And I picked this story. I don't really know why. I think God kind of just put it in my mind of something that we need to be able to walk by the Spirit. And what was that? Simply, Jesus humbled himself. He could have said, hey, disciples, wash my feet. And they would have said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, because he was the Lord. He's the son of God. Do you realize that? He was walking amongst men. This is Jesus, the son of God. He most literally is God. And he washed these men's feet. And he said, you know, as an example, if I wash your feet, you all should wash each other's feet. Um, but the point here, clean and clear and simple, is that in order to walk by the spirit, we have to die to ourselves humble ourselves. That's a key. What is the main drive behind living by the flesh, living in the sinful nature? It's pride and it's selfishness. Hey, I want this. What if God says he doesn't want that for you? No, but I want it. We make it all about me, 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 me. You know what I mean? Like, remember the Israelites, they were like, we're tired of manna. We want this. It's like, God just gave you all this food. Um, But basically, again, what I'm trying to say is, what did Jesus do in this place where he could have said easily and he could have been selfish and prideful and said, hey, wash my feet. I deserve it. I am king, all this stuff. Instead, he got down and he washed their feet. So we have to die to ourselves every day, every morning, every night. We have to wake up in the morning and say, not my will be done, but your will be done. That is the key to walking by the spirit. If we're doing anything out of selfish ambition, and I know selfish sounds like a uh, demonized word, but we all struggle with selfishness. I don't care how humble and how sweet you are. We all do because it's human nature to think of ourselves over others. But God's will is that we would think, seek first his kingdom, right? And his righteousness, we would put him first. And we put him first, we're putting everyone else first. You know, he said that the law is summed up in two laws, which is love God and love your neighbor. Right now we can get in about what does that actually mean? But in essence, love everything but yourself. Humble yourself, lower yourself. He lowered himself to a servant to wash his disciples' feet. So that is key. In order to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh, we have to die to ourselves. Every time we choose not to die to ourselves and instead gratify our sinful desires, we begin to walk by the flesh. And I'll tell you, that is the biggest pitfall to walking by the flesh. That is so easy to just fall down that road. Lastly, um, going off the your will be done and not my will be done. Let's go to Matthew 26, 37 to 39. Here we are. So again, 26, 37 to 39. Uh, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. So this is when he goes to Gethsemane to pray before he gets arrested, right? He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little, little, little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will 
but as you will. And if we scroll down to verse 42, he goes back to pray again. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, that means the judgment. You know, God often, um, even in Revelation, you know, he talks about his judgment as bowls. You know, it's something you pour out. Take this cup away from me. Um, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. So we see everything coming into a culmination of how Jesus lived by the spirit. It even says right here that my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He was so, it says he sweat blood in some manuscripts and some translations. He was so afraid and so scared in that moment, right? Obviously he was God. Yes, I understand that. But this was a moment of weakness where he said, if it is possible at all, God, take this cup away from me so that I do not have to endure this punishment, so that I do not have to uh, die on the cross, so that I do not have to be whipped um, and and um, and brutally spoken to and, and all these things that he had to go through. But he said what? Not my will, but your will be done. And this is the most important thing to live by the Spirit. One, it's prayer. What did Jesus do when he was in his worst condition? He prayed to the Father for strength. We cannot walk by the Spirit by ourselves. That's walking by the flesh. If you're not praying, you're not walking by the Spirit. That should be number one because the only way we can walk this life with God is by praying and by spending intimate time with him. And if you want to hear more about that, episode three is a banger. Check it out. Um, But we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to be praying. And secondly, we have to always, always be urging God's will be done over our fleshly desires. Jesus was had the most brutally, um, uh, I'm losing all my words. He had the most brutal death to me in history. All the pain he went through emotionally, physically, spiritually. But he said, not my will, but your will. Will. Now, I know these are some large shoes to fill, but in order, if we go back to that first John verse, in order to walk as Jesus did, we must lay down our will. Jesus was a servant. You think he wanted to come to earth and die? Heck no. <laughs> but he loved us so much that he did. You, you, you know the rest of the story. My point is his flesh all day long was saying, why would I want to do this? These people are evil. They hate me. I mean, look at how he was mocked all the way up to the cross. I I often think those guys that were slamming the nails into his hand, he was looking at them and knowing in his heart, I'm dying so that they can be free from sin. And they don't even know they hate me so much. I mean, that just makes me burn up inside that Jesus had the humility and the love. And he sat there and watched evil men put nails into his hands that had no idea what this man was doing, but that simultaneously Jesus was giving them the opportunity for their lives to be saved. (sighs) There's no greater love than this, right? So going back, we have to urge God's will over our will. And that's how we walk in the spirit. If we are always walking by God's will, we are never walking by our will. That's why they can't go hand in hand. You can't walk in both wills. It's like deciding to split yourself in two to go down a fork in the road. That doesn't make any sense. You have to walk one path. And for me, I choose the will of God, even if it destroys my life. Let's go back to Galatians 6, 7 through 10, just to finish up. So after he talks about, you know, walking by the spirit, as we opened up, you know, he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature or the flesh, from that nature will reap destruction, a.k.a. eternal damnation. So if you reap to fulfill the wants of your flesh, that is a straight ticket to hell because you cannot walk in God. You cannot surrender to God unless you actually surrender your life. I know it sounds hard, but How the heck are you supposed to live for God if you're also living for yourself? That doesn't make any sense. We really have to look at the vocabulary here and realize, wow, I can't live both ways. So let's read it again. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. He can't be fooled. He's not going to be fooled on the judgment day. 
the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. So, if we sow to please the Spirit, if we are trying to please the Lord God, the Spirit that is living in us, if we allow that Spirit to work and move in us and guide us, then we will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We can't give up. We can't just say, okay, I'm going to get baptized, repent. I keep saying that out of order. Repent, get baptized, and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm good. No, that's not how Christianity works. Those are the stepping stones. Those are the starting tools to start the work. That's like going to Home Depot and getting what you need to start the biggest job of your life. You need the tools, but that doesn't mean the job is done. I mean, that, that sounds a little insane when you think about it. The job is just beginning, but you have the Spirit. It says, again, the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit, right? The Spirit inside of us will reap eternal life. Therefore, uh, verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Boom. Um, Wait, I had a note about something I was going to say there. Um... Uh, oh, I just wanted to, sorry. Um, uh, I just wanted to kind of talk about, you know, what is good because he says, you know, uh, let us not become weary in doing good. That doesn't mean just become a good deeds person. You know, good deeds don't save us. Right. But what is doing good in God's book? It's to love. And what is to love? To love is to preach the full truth and to care for people as Christ cared for us. It's not going up to people and giving them a hug and say, Jesus loves you. That is actually telling them that I hate you. Because if you're not telling them the truth, if you're not spreading the true gospel, and you're allowing people to just, if you're think, sorry, I don't mean that in a mean way. So if you go up and hug someone and say, you know, Jesus loves you. Yes, that's, that's awesome. But my point is you're wasting an opportunity and you're making someone think that they are loved the way they are and that they are just fine to go to heaven. But that is not what love is. Love is going out of our way. It's dying to ourselves. Love was dying on that cross, right? It's dying to ourselves and saying, man, I do not want to sit here and talk to this person for three hours and explain the whole Bible and, and, you know, help them get baptized and all this stuff. But that is what God calls me to do. That is what the spirit inside of me calls me to do. And that's when you start living by the spirit. The first few times it will feel hard, but after that you start realizing, wow, I really like living by the spirit way more than I like living by my flesh. So what is good? It's to love. And what is love? It's to preach the truth and care for people as Christ cared for us, to give us the truth, correct us when we're wrong, to baptize people, as he said, in water and in spirit, and to teach people to obey his commands, right? That is what walking by the spirit looks like ultimately because what is the ultimate goal of the spirit? That all men would and women would come to repentance. So if we are walking by that same spirit, our job is to help usher in a spirit of repentance and a spirit of baptism and filling with the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? It's by walking by the spirit every day. Our goal is to set the captives free in Jesus' name and to teach them to obey everything that God has told us, and also to make ourselves holy, to sanctify our, not to sanctify, sorry, to repent, to live in repentance ourselves, and then also to spread that um, message to others. So I, I really ask you guys that you would just pray about this right now. You know, um, it can be scary, and I know, I understand. We're all working towards it. It's not a race, guys. It's we're all in our own journey, but we have to keep walking forward. And it even says, you know, keep in step with the spirit. We have to keep in step. We have to keep walking, you know, don't let him outrun you. Of course, Jesus, like it says, will never leave you nor forsake you if you continue walking with him, right? So we have to continue walking, you know, continue growing. Walk by the spirit. Don't rely on yourself. I know this can be harder for others. You've had everything your whole life. So you think that you rely on God. That's the problem with America. We have everything. So yeah, of course I rely on God. Look at what God's blessed me with. What if I took all that away? Would you curse God or would you say, okay, God, I trust you. I know you got me. I'm sold out for you. You're gonna provide. He said again, I provide for the birds of the air. So you don't think I will provide for you also? 
Of course. But we have to be sold out to him. If we're sold out to him, we're useful to the master. We're useful to the maker. He's going to give us everything we need to keep going, to keep pursuing, to keep following him. Why would he, um, why would he, I was going to say make us suffer, but I do believe that there is suffering in, in the body of Christ. But let's say, you know, we can't eat. If you're spreading the gospel, I guarantee you, God will give you food because he wants to help his servants do the master's work, right? So why should we be worried? We're working for God and he's the greatest boss of all time. (laughs) So he's going to provide for our needs as long as we stay in tune and in step with his spirit. And sin ultimately separates us from him. You know, we have to leave our sin. Like it said in, in Galatians, it didn't say, you know, you know, if you sin, you'll be separated. Well, unless you're baptized and born again and all that stuff. No, <laughs> it said, if you do these things, if you continue in these things, obviously we, we all fall, but if you continue in these things, you will not achieve um, the eternal life. You will achieve destruction. And he's talking to people that are born again. So guys, be woken up. Let God show you that. Yes, those steps are important, but it doesn't end there. If you have those steps, amazing. Use those tools. Go to, When you go to Home Depot, you grab those tools. What do you do? You go and use them. Use those tools for God's benefit, not for your own. You didn't get baptized and set free just so you could have a nice peachy life. You did that. Why? So that you could fulfill God's calling on your life with no hindrance, with no stoppage. And I talk about that in my last episode where we need to die to our old selves so that we can truly start walking for God with no hindrance of our past. I'll close you guys with this. We must walk by the spirit so that we separate ourselves from the world. If we don't look different and act different, we aren't different and aren't truly born of the same spirit, right? So how we live is going to show what lives inside of us. Do we have an empty chasm of just fleshy um, fleshy things that are just going to die out? Or do we have a spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead that will live and is living eternally forever? We have to look different from the world. If you look like the world looks, I would caution you to pray, 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 pray. And remember what the word says, the gate is wide that leads to destruction, but the gate is narrow that leads to life. So if everyone is going one way, that's a sure sign to me that they're on the wrong road because the gate is narrow. So we got all America calling themselves Christians. Well, that doesn't line up with scripture because the Bible says the gate is narrow and many will not make it through. So sorry, I know that's a little uh, in your face, um, but I just think this is such a powerful message. And even for myself, you know, I'm even just reminded like, man, I want to grow in this. I want to grow even more in walking by the spirit. And what I mean by that is, you know, I did an episode, um, with my sister again, episode three, check it out. It's vital episode to anyone who's wanting to live this Christian life out, but about communicating with God. Cause you might ask Taylor, yes, I read my Bible. I pray. I do command the demons to go and all this stuff, but I don't feel like I have that connection with God. Well, listen to that episode. I'm not saying we have the keys or anything. It's nothing special, but we've learned how to become intimate with God. And I know for me, it's changed my life. It's changed how I rely on him. Uh, actually kind of makes me feel emotional right now. Like He's taken me deeper and I actually feel like I can just ask him things. And he tells me, you know, I was actually going to not do a podcast this week. And I just was spending time alone, just listening to God. And I said, Lord God, I feel like I'm not going to do a podcast unless there's something you want me to talk about. I just, I need to regroup. I'm not sure what to talk about this week. And right away, he's like, walk by the spirit. And I was like, well, how? And he was like, well, tell him, you know, what walking by the flesh looks like. And I was like, this is all new to me, like hearing the voice of God. And I don't say this to like, say, look at me at all. It's, it's more to encourage you guys because I was that guy who said, ah, he doesn't speak to me like that, but he does. He speaks to all of us. We just have to be willing to listen. So check out that episode, episode three. Um, and remember to listen for God, um, because walking by the spirit, um, will be easier when he, when he is talking to you. And when you are listening, we have to, we have to be listening. So yeah, guys, I'll leave you with that. I love you guys so, so much. And uh, I'll just pray us out. Um, Dear Lord God, thank you once again just for putting this message on my heart. Lord, I know that there's people out there who need to hear this. And I pray that you would send it out um, to the ends of the earth, wherever it needs to be heard. 
um, Lord God, that you uh, would be training up your young men and women. Obviously, this podcast is for everyone, but my heart is for those young men and women who are like me, um, who feel alone at points, but they want to live a life for you, that your will be done and not our will be done. Lord God, so I pray that you would send this out to those kids and those people and those young adults and... Um, you would be transforming lives and that you would be starting, I don't want to say a movement because that's not what this is, but just a movement of truth and your word, Lord. This is your podcast. This isn't a movement, but we want your word and your truth to be spread. And this is the avenue in which we are doing it and which you are moving. And I thank you, God, for moving so majestically and so uh, epically, God. So continue to move, continue to impact people. In your name I pray, amen. Again, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've made it this far, um, please, like I said, hit my line if you want to talk about anything. Um, DM works, but I actually have like um, a time limit on my Instagram because I don't want to get addicted. I don't want it to become my idol, all that stuff. Um, so the best way to reach me is hello at jesusisoffensive.com or you can just go to our website and submit a little ticket there on the contact page. Um yeah, when you guys reach out to me, it literally means the world and it keeps it going. And I just love having conversations with you guys and I've learned something from you and and I hope that you've learned something from me as well. And if you need clarity, need truth, need prayer, reach out. It's not weird. Trust me, this is normal. Um, it's not bad to need prayer and I've heard every single story. So come and uh, I'd love to talk to you. With that being said again, guys, thank you so much really do appreciate you guys listening. And I pray that if this message impacted you, I pray that you would be bold to, to ship it out, to send it out to someone um, who maybe hasn't heard the podcast before. Uh, you know, I have done a few Instagram promotions of like um, speaking and stuff, but I try to really keep it organic. In fact, I asked God if I should do that and he said yes, but I try to keep it very organic because I want people to be desperate. You know, I'm not looking for tons of views or anything like that. I, I, I'm excited when one person emails me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is changing their life. Praise God. You know, and that's why those messages mean so much to me. But, uh, I do know that I want more people to know the truth and to, to have sound doctrine and sound teaching. So again, if this impacted you and you feel like sending it or God's putting it on your heart to send it out, please do that. Uh, again, thank you guys. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. And um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week.